Hello and welcome to Move the Line presented by 444.com. I am Ryan Noonan. Joining me as always, fellow444.com writer, Connor Allen. Uh, Connor, you've been crushing props, man. It's been a fantastic year for you. Uh, I believe that uh, last week was more of the same. Yeah, last week was actually my best of the season. Um, and it would have been even better if I actually – so I lost both of my two-unit plays, right? And I still ended up over 10 units on the week. Uh, plus Crushing it. Props. So I thought that that was – yeah, I thought that was pretty wild. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was a great week for another great week of props. I'm sitting at like, I think, 21 units or something just in props alone and uh, obviously plenty more of sides and totals as well. So how was your week last week? Love it. Good. Um, I think uh, two for two on totals. So um, could have been better, but it's profitable in the year. I think I'm at um, 58% clip there. So it's a profitable clip for the season. Um, I'm trying to remember everything. gets so just a couple days into the week, the next week, like what, what were even my picks? Uh, week? I forget. Yeah. I forget like literally almost all of my picks and that if you didn't even remind <laughs> me, like, you know, I always forget to write stuff down about how last week went. And I was like, I don't even remember like what, you know, I don't remember anything from last week. Yeah. I know the Cowboys were involved. I felt like that <laughs> was one that was, uh, they should have hit the team total early and yeah. they made us sweat that out until very end. Got a couple late touchdowns there, but uh, yeah, you know, not bad. Excited yeah. for uh, winding down this this regular season here. So oh, yeah. I'm going to be just Connor and I today to unpack week 15. Uh, I want to let you know again, if you are new to the show, we've increased the ways that you can consume Move the Line this year. If you're listening in podcast form, as always, we super appreciate this. This is um, rounding up our third year. Uh, Connor and I really love doing this show together um, and, and growing every week and every year. So continue to Tune in, rate, and review the show wherever you listen. We're also streaming live as we record on 444.com's Periscope, so feel free to jump in the chat if you want to join us that way. You can answer any questions. Um, this stream also goes on to the 444's YouTube and Twitch streams as well. So, um, again, thanks for listening. We really appreciate the loyalty out there, uh, the reviews, things like that are, are great. Definitely helps other people find us, um, You know, helps us uh, keep the show coming to you from in front of a paywall, all those good things. So thank you very, very much. also want to thank our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. If you are not familiar with Underdog, you should definitely check it out. How They have a new contest that they launched recently called Battle Royale. Uh, if you're not familiar, um, it's basically Snake Draft. We all love Snake Drafts. We all got, kind of came into that in fantasy back in the day. Everyone loves the big prizes that we can get from you know DraftKings and FanDuel. But not, not everyone loves those big entry fees or multi-week contest. So um, Battle Royale lets you draft a team one week like you normally would, but instead of only competing against the other teams in your specific drafts, you compete with teams from other drafts as well. It allows them to pool together the prizes so you can offer a big tournament-style payout while keeping the live snake draft format that we all know and love. So go over to the App Store, search for Underdog Fantasy. Also perfect if you're an NBA fan. They got uh, NBA games in the lobby now as well. Just enter 4 for 4 after you make your first deposit. Let them know you came from us. So, all right, man. No more buys. We're done with all that. Like you said, we're really getting into the home stretch where we have to start to decipher narratives around playoff bursts and playoff seeding. And then are there teams that, especially not so much this week, but maybe next week in, in week 17 more than anything, is like who's using it as a tryout, right? Like who is 
you get to see kind of what they have on the roster. So um, we start to get into some of that stuff. But uh, we had two Saturday games this week, which absolutely love to see. First one is Buffalo on the road against Denver. Uh, you got Buffalo six-point favorites here on the road. 49 is the total. Uh, Bills looking to clinch the AFC East here in Denver, which I think is probably the only place that maybe has a home field advantage this season. I know it's been difficult this year to really kind of gauge, you know, home field advantage, where's the value or their value or overinflated numbers in the market because of it. But playing at altitude is a real thing. You know, playing, you know, in, in cold weather can be a real thing too, though, not something that Buffalo is not uh, unfamiliar with. Um, this one opened at five and a half, quickly climbed to seven. Now has bounced back a little bit down to six. Public's been on Buffalo in a big way, around 70% of bets and handle backing the bills here. Um, total two opened up at 48 and has been steamed up a little bit, um, coming back down now at 49. But what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think that's that's a little bit of a warning sign for me, honestly, that, you know, I feel like this, if I were just to handicap it myself, I'd probably have it around seven. Um, and the fact that it's sitting below that key number, right, at six, and was sitting at six and a half um, early in the week as, as well, uh, I think that is a little bit of a warning sign here. And then I think that kind of led me to think about how this Buffalo team can lose uh, against, the Denver, against Denver. And I, I do think that that's like partially through the running game against this Buffalo run D, which is, um, you know, dead last in rushing success rate allowed. So I, I think that that is like the scenario where Denver wins. But I, I, I talked about that as potential avenues for other teams to beat the Bills, um, and it just hasn't happened. Like, you know, for the 49ers in the past and, and things like that. And I think Denver is, you know, a much worse team than them. Um, and especially with like, you know, all their, all their injuries that they have in the secondary. Um, so I don't know, I, I'm not necessarily sold it on the bills necessarily as like a true Super Bowl contender. I think that they're, you know, one of the better teams in the league, but I'm not really sold on them, um, making a Super Bowl run. Um, but I mean, in this spot here, I would probably lean towards Buffalo, even though I do think that like the game is a little bit more volatile than, uh, you know, it might suggest from the score. Yeah, it's a good point. I think that the Niners one is a good call because, I know I was definitely on the Niners. I'm not sure if you were, but I thought that that was one of those spots where Niners are getting healthy. We know that they wanted to run, and we thought they'd have some success doing so. But like, just because Denver wants to run doesn't mean they're going to have a lot of success doing it. They're 25th in EPA over the last six weeks on the ground. Um, they've had some injuries up front as well. So, um, And then they're also dealing with injuries on the defensive side and the secondary in particular. A.J. Boye suspended. you got Bryce Callahan out former Patriot Duke Dawson who kind of filled in last week. I think he tore his ACL. He's out. Um, I just think this Bills offense is going to be able to do whatever they want. They've been uh, – Denver's been really bad against rushing quarterbacks this year. I don't typically love some of that stuff because it's very – I think it's a little noisy. But uh, I think Josh Allen's playing really well right now. And I don't know. Again, narrative-based, I just don't think that they go to Denver sleeping. I think it's really important for them to wrap up the AFC East. I think they're probably a little bit more in tune to that than a normal team would too, because it's been a while. I uh, really the Patriots have had a stranglehold of that division for 20 years. So to go up and, you know, solidify that I think is, is pretty big. And then even without that, like, you know, jockeying for position here kind of is important for them to, to go out and take care of business. So I think it's a little, I'd rather have it under seven. So bouncing back to six, I think makes some sense. Um, I grabbed five and a half in the look aheads just a small position, but, um, you know, feel pretty good about that. And I think I would still get down on six if you want some action. Uh, total feels a little high just because I don't know. Like we saw last week, 
the range of outcomes with Drew Locke are, are so great. Like crazy four scores last week, pretty bad Carolina secondary, but like they have the weapons. You know, we know that like Patrick, Judy, and Hamler are all capable of big plays and big games as far as they're concerned in the prop market or in DFS or things like that. It's just really hard to I mean, have any discernible difference right now as far as like opportunity goes. Like snap shares are all pretty similar. Target shares around the same too. So um, not anything yeah. that I would want to attack. No, no. I, I'm more interested on the other side of the ball. Um, so I actually already posted this, and this is rare, you know, for me to talk about a prop that I'm I've already bet uh, on a, on a show. But you know, DraftKings posted some props already. I took stuff on Diggs over six and a half receptions. Um, again, I mean, the juice was a little bit much. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the show. Like, I'm okay with paying. I paid. It was uh, minus one forty five, I believe, something like that, on over six and a half, which um, is palatable on a receptions prop. It's now at minus one fifty five. I mean, I would still consider it honestly. Like, looking at you know the five games without John Brown. Um, you know, 10 receptions on 16 targets, six receptions on 11 targets, seven receptions, 10 receptions, and 10 receptions. Average of 8.6. He's only missed six and a, over six and a half in one of those games. Um, and now getting a banged up Den- Denver secondary. So I don't know. I, I just think at six and a half, like we saw last week, he's just so involved. Like any chain moving opportunity, like he's the guy. Um, so I, I think that's kind of stealing. I just don't think that's priced well. We haven't projected for 7.7 receptions this week as well. So. Um, that's, that's probably my biggest position on this game. And, uh, honestly might be my only one. Yeah. John Brown slated to return from the IR that we won't return for this one. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see, I mean, we, we kind of were, I think we were reluctant and maybe that was part of it too, with the San Fran game. Like they just hadn't been the same ceiling wise without John Brown, but maybe we've been proven a little bit wrong. And maybe that is something that speaks to the steps that Josh Allen has really taken as a passer this year. Diggs is unbelievable, and he's been absolutely balling all year. They're sealing offensively with without really much of a, you know, a clear workhorse in the backfield. Like they're going to be, they're going to be an interesting out in the playoffs for sure. So we'd love to see a, a Chiefs Bills game that wasn't played in the conditions that that first matchup was played in. We get that in, a, you know, a decent weather environment. That would be a fun one to watch. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I, I mean, I think I still have a feeling that if they run, that they could get just like ran in the offense or in the, the playoffs one game. Um, I mean, we've seen it happen before, so it wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, for sure. Good coaching there, though. So I feel like they would maybe be able to fix that, but we'll see. All right, next Carolina on the road against Green Bay. This is the Saturday night game. Green Bay, eight and a half point favorites. You can find a seven and a half on FanDuel uh, as of like an hour ago. 51 is the total. Yeah, with uh, the Saints' loss last week at Philly, and uh, Saints have Chiefs on deck this week, Packers definitely in the driver's seat now for the top seed in the NFC. We've talked about it all year. This year in particular, with the new playoff format, that top seed is massive. Um, home field advantage, that one seed is the only team that gets the buy. So I just don't think that Green Bay – necessarily gets caught looking here with the Panthers. Um, they cover eight and a half. It's a different discussion, but I feel like they take care of business maybe in, in the teaser leg if you're looking for that. Obviously, bad loss, as I mentioned previously with Carolina last week, Drew Locke torching them for 280 and four scores. Um, Panthers D, 28th in EPA per dropback over the last six weeks. Not very good when you're having to deal with Rodgers, who is trying to stack touchdowns it feels like um and stacking them with Devonte adams and it seems to be working so uh probably a pretty good spot for the packers any love for the panthers 
Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, I think this is kind of a tough spot for Carolina. Uh, I mean, they've also, their defense allowed more than 30 points in five games this year. Green Bay's offense has been among the best. And if you look, kind of look at who they've allowed 30 or more points to, it's been, you know, those elite offenses. So it's like in this matchup here, I think that, you know, Green Bay is going to kind of have their way at home. Uh, so you can find like a team total right around 30, maybe right below it would be awesome. Uh, you might be able to find that on FanDuel where the spread is only seven and a half and it's like pretty even juice. So I think that might be in play there. Um, otherwise, um, I mean, maybe Aaron Jones uh, is able to bounce back. Another great matchup. Like he kind of he flopped last week in, in a good matchup. So I think maybe he's uh, in play. But obviously it depends on what the props are and uh, depends what his you know ownership will be in DFS. So Yeah, I feel like Jones is a guy that I want to do DFS wise and not props. Just yeah, it's it's so volatile. But when you when you hit like, you know, the the reward you want to be, uh, you know, getting something a little bit more beneficial than a, you know, a minus one ten prop. Because uh, yeah, it's been discouraging. Like they have been using a lot of a lot of Jamal Williams, and uh, yeah, I don't understand that. <laughs> but I don't think Williams is bad. But like, yeah, I think Jones is like legitimately really good. So it's it's troubling. So. Uh, looks like Carolina is going to be dealing without Christian McCaffrey again, still dealing with the thigh. DJ Moore is back for this one. You know, he tweaked his ankle late in the last game before the bye and then dealt with COVID last week. So we haven't seen him in a couple of weeks, but it looks like he's good to go. He's off the COVID reserve list. Uh, problem also, though, Greg Little, their best offensive lineman, put on IR today with an ankle injury. So going to be a little tough, I think, for them offensively, even though you can get to Green Bay at times, but I just don't think it's a good spot. Colds. Saturday nights in Lambeau um, does not sound like a spot I want to be holding really any Panthers tickets whatsoever, props or, or points. No, uh, 0%. I'm excited DJ Moore came back, though, because I think I've, I've bet on his under like, you know, three, four times on his receptions, and, you know, that just keeps hitting just because, you know, Teddy doesn't target him that much, and um, it's, kind of, it's kind of awesome. You know, they keep posting like four and a half or five, you know, things like that, and he just keeps getting like – He's just a machine for catching four props. I think he's done it like 75 or four catches. He's just done it like 75% of the time this season. Obviously, he has those explosion games, but like, you know, again, this, I would say this is like one of the examples of the opposite where like the prop market is way better uh, for his receptions, you know, just because he, he's sure he catches nine receptions, but he's only catching like three or four, like almost all the time. So, and Jair Alexander is one of those dudes that does matter. I don't know if he would mm-hmm. shadow per se, but like another thing that probably works in your favor if you're looking to short. DJ Moore. For sure. All right, next we have uh, Detroit on the road against the Titans. Uh, Titans 10 and a half. This one's mostly off the board. 51 and a half was the total before it got pulled. Um, obviously surrounding Matthew Stafford, uh, his injury status uh, still up in the air. Um, suffered a rib injury last week in the fourth quarter. Uh, if it's a Stafford, if it's a rib injury or if it's any injury with Stafford, like you know that it's actually legit bad. I mean, I don't even know if you remember this because you were probably legit in, like, junior high. <laughs> That's how long Stafford's been around, which is also surprising. But like, if you haven't seen it, like, go to YouTube and Google Matt Stafford's shoulder injury or, like, dis- dislocated shoulder. He literally, uh, against the Browns, I want to say it was, like, 08 or 09, one of his first years, led a fourth-quarter comeback with a completely dislocated left shoulder. Not his shoulder, his throwing shoulder. But he, like, the sounds he was making on the sideline, he was – dying he's just like i can throw the ball if you need me to throw the ball i can throw the ball and went in there and we just couldn't do anything with his left and just chucking darts to calvin johnson and dudes totally came back they won the game everyone's wanting to like celebrate and he just he's not doing anything because his shoulder's all jacked up dude is 
tough as nails. So if he's dealing with a uh, some rib injury, something's probably hurting. So that yeah. would mean Chase Daniel would make his sixth career start. Chase Daniel has made over $30 million in his career, has started five games and thrown seven touchdown passes. Um, Good for him. Literally his best life. So uh, what are your thoughts here if we can bet on this one? I mean, uh, Chase Daniels, the real life Alex Moran from Blue Mountain State. You know, the guy, the backup who just milks being the backup. Um, and it's a good just, gig, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a bad gig. You just got to be ready to go in when you're when you're called upon and not make a total fool of yourself. And you know, you're you're okay. Then you're viewed as a competent backup. That's literally that is literally the key. That's how you get what he got three years, thirteen million or something to be the backup player. Like, yeah. Just, crazy that's that's awesome uh no i mean for this one do you think like 10 and a half is enough uh if chase daniel's starting like what would you put it at that do you think this is adjusting for that i would probably put it close to like 14 i don't know the problem I mean, is Tennessee's defense is so terrible yeah yeah so I, I know okay but i think you know i think the biggest mismatch here is just like um derrick henry against this detroit run d 30th and run d dvoa 26 in epa over the past five weeks like it's henry is gonna henry's gonna crush so he is gonna crush going for the you know 2,000 yards they're going for you know rushing title so like invariable is one of those hand in the dirt old school coaches that definitely wants some of those types of things so yeah henry's gonna crush i mean i think Corey davis and aj brown crush too there's no jeffrey akuda um desmond true fonts on the ir like uh, you know detroit has no one defensively so the problem is is that i think daniel is daniel is competent enough that they can be at least somewhat effective. Like it's a little, it's probably a little short. You're right. It probably should be like 12 and a half or 13, but I don't know that I'm like super confident in um, backing Tennessee. I Okay. So I, I, if Chase Daniel's starting and you know, this number is still around like 10, uh, I'll probably take the Titans. Yeah. It, it makes sense. I just, it's one of those spots where we talked about it last week. I think with the Packers and the Lions, like, I just don't know how they're they're stopped. I just don't know how they don't get to thirty. Yeah, uh, that's true. Team total is like thirty-one or so. Like, so I get it. Like, you could sell me on it. Great teaser leg, even though you're not going to get it through. You'll get it under the six. You probably you're not going to get it under any key number. You're not going to get it under the three. But yeah, uh, not. yeah, yeah. I can I can get there for sure. But again, off the board, we need to kind of wait and see. So remember Kenny Galladay? He was really good. I don't even know who that is, honestly, at this point. Just I forgot him. I forgot about him. Like, I think Daigle tweeted it out too. Super weird because he was like questionable and was like practicing heading into Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like he was super duper close. And now it's 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 an AJ Green situation again. It's like, hey, you know, I can yeah. come back, but our team sucks ass. So like, you know, I'm not gonna do that, you know. Like yeah, that's kind of how it is. Or like uh, you know, it happens every year. You see guys who are like Oh, like getting ready to come back, and then mysteriously they just don't come back, and you're like, "What happened?" And, you know, I, I think the answer is pretty clear. They just make a business decision to heal up for next year and realize that they already got the money. You know, in most situations, and they'll there'll be better times for them. Yeah, I don't know if that's smart or just super weak, but I guess it depends yeah. on, the money, on the financial situation. I think it probably depends for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's totally some bullshit for a team aspect, you know, but like. From making money or making the best decision long term, I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Obviously, we're not we're not playing football every week, so you know our bodies feel a little bit different. True. All right, next one: uh, Niners on the road against Dallas, uh, San Francisco. Three point favorites here on the road. Forty five is the total. Um, this 
was uh, again another another dated reference that was happening before you were born. I and mean, this was a perennial heavyweight title fight every year. Would basically would decide, you know, the NFC Championship with Montana and Aikman teams and Steve Young and Aikman teams. And now it's getting flexed out of Sunday Night Football for the Browns and Giants. So uh, things have uh, things have turned not not really good for either of these clubs. Um, Niners had two games in a row uh, at home in Arizona after getting kicked out of their home in Northern California, lost both, um, did not go well against uh, the Bills and the Washington football team. So that's disappointing. Still getting a little healthy. I guess there's a chance maybe George Kittle is back here. He was removed from um, IR. They still have 21 days or so, I guess it means, to decide what to do with him. But again, this is kind of like the opposite of the Gallaudet situation, like Kind of the same situation, but Kittle, there's no shot. You're getting that dude to not play football. No. He's ready to go. He's going to play. So, um, yeah, Dallas coming off of Red Rifle Revenge Week. Their offense, as I mentioned, kind of at the top, we're talking about totals. It really sputtered. Like, they top 30. They got to 30, but they took advantage of three early bad fumbles by Cincinnati. Uh, one of them was a scoop and score. But actually, the Bengals outgained the Cowboys on the day, which is really bad. Uh, not a good scene. Public all over the Niners here, 70% of the bats, nearly 95% of the handle laying the three points on the road. So um, what are your thoughts here? Yeah. I mean, I normally don't like to back a team getting so much love from the public, but I mean, I, I we took a, a position on San Francisco team total over 23 and a half uh, early in the week. So this Cowboys defense, they've allowed 24 more points in 11 of 14 games this year. Um, and one of the ones they did not was last week against Brandon Allen, um, which, you know, I really just don't even count it um, at that point. Like, I don't think it matters. Like this Cowboys defense is really bad. Um, and so I think I think 23 and a half is getting that under the under the key number of 24 is really good bet. Uh, I'd also probably lean San Francisco minus three here. I just don't think this this Dallas team is very legit. Um, like obviously defensively, but, but also offensively, like they've really only, only had success against like a bad Minnesota defense. And then, you know, yeah, sure. They scored uh, a lot against Cincinnati, but again, like just, you know, one of it was a scoop and score, like you said, and, uh, you know, they were outgained by the Bengals offense. Um, and so, I mean, they, they, um, it's also interesting looking at like, they've, you know, the Niners on the other hand, like they lost a trap game to the Washington football team. Uh, they lost to a good bills team. But they beat the Rams, and then they also lost to the Packers, Seahawks, and Saints. So, like, they've just been playing, like, literally some of the best teams in the league. And then, like, a Washington team that, you know, they have good pass rush, and they're, you know, not turning the ball over too much. So, they're not an easy win. So, really, I think that there's, like, a little bit of an overreaction to in the market here. Um, so, yeah, I like the Niners here and the team total over. Yeah, I agree. The only thing that concerns me is that, well, a couple things. The line's held, so it's been absolutely yeah. steamed. Mm-hmm. And it's held, which is a little disconcerting typically. And then pretty tepid endorsement of Nick Mullins uh, yesterday from Kyle Shanahan. He said, uh, Nick's the guy we'll start out with and we'll see how it goes. I mean, he kind of stinks, dude. He does. So, I, you know, I don't know if I, if I which I do have you know, tie, money tied to the performance of the San Francisco offense. I kind of like the quarterback to go in and not necessarily be playing yeah, not lose his job in the first half, you know. So that is, that is true. Um, I don't know. I I I think that he'll he even though that he stinks. I think that this Dallas defense is so bad that he'll actually have success. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're probably right. Like the Dallas thing was fraudulent. I think they got a little bit of public love because of the Vikings win. 
And then we talked about how the Vikings win was really strange anyway, because yeah. it was just the Vikings are at a short week. Dallas was coming off a bye. Dallas had that like team unity. They were all staying in a hotel together and like <laughs> it was kind of like that perfect it fell apart. The team unity didn't only work for, for a day, but uh, yeah, kind of a perfect spot. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is a dude that I'm going to want to take a look at prop wise. As soon as he pops, he's obviously one of the plethora of outstanding rookie receivers this year. He took advantage of an early Debo Samuel hamstring pull last week and then just was peppered with targets. I think 16 targets, caught 10 of them. Um, just been a real difference maker since he's been healthy. Every game he's been healthy, he's been really the uh, you know prominent part of that offense. So especially with you know, Samuel, if indeed we don't see George Kittle back, I think it sets up for another probably double-digit target day for Ayuk. So you know, a yardage, the way that he plays to you, he might be a yardage guy for me versus a, a touches or a, a reception yeah. guy. But uh, yeah, he is, uh, he's awesome and definitely want to be buying him before the market, I think, fully adjusts. So also could be a decent spot for Jeff Wilson. Kind of looks like he's working ahead of the rest of the backs on the roster. And it seems like Raheem Morris is going to miss. So it could be a good spot for for that guy as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the issue with these running backs is you think it's going to be a Jeff Wilson. Oh, it's actually going to be uh Jarek McKinnon week, you know, and he's yeah. now the new workhorse for one week. Learned that in that Bills game when uh, I had a bunch of multiple Raheem Morris props, but uh, yeah, no, oh. it's, a, it's a hell of a point. So proceed with caution in San Francisco with the running backs. Take IU yeah. and, uh, and be careful with Jeff. Wilson. It felt like in the playoffs, almost like you could bet just like the opposite one, you know, like whichever one was not going to go off. Dude, didn't Tevin Coleman start? Like, yeah, yeah. Or it was uh it was Mostert. Mostert you know, uh was heading into the playoffs and then Tevin Coleman popped off. And then after the Tevin Coleman game, you know, Mostert popped off and then um it was just like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, yeah. They're 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 tough. So it's a good point. Probably overall avoid. Is that Kyle Shannon does not give a shit about your fantasy team. No. Neither does Josh Jacobs or Kenyon Drake, but <laughs> different conversations, I think, for a different day. We probably heard enough about this week. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. All right, next game is Chicago on the road against Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota down to three point favorites here at home against the Bears. Total all the way up to 47 and a half. Uh, second meeting for the uh, NFC North rivals here. Uh, last time was a Nick Foles start. So um, MVP Mitch injecting a little bit of life into this Bears offense. Obviously facing the Lions and the Texans does not hurt. Um you know, Dan Bailey single-handedly made last week's game against Tampa Bay look more like a blowout than it was, but it was a little bit closer, I think, than the final score indicates. Um, Vikings are lean in bets. The Bears getting the money here in a big way so far in the market. Uh, I think that's why you've seen it drop quite a bit. Um, it was up upwards of four and a half, I think, is where I had seen the highest on the Minnesota side. So getting it down to three now is quite interesting. Totally getting steamed up as well. You and I got in on 46 earlier in the week, and now we're – uh, definitely going to be feeding our family with some closing line value here. So, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I love that. Um, yeah, I, so the Vikings actually, so they've allowed more than 20 points in every single game this season, except against the Bears, where they only allowed 13 points. Um, and, you know, I, I bet this bet the over because, um, I mean, they're both, both their defenses have been playing, you know, much worse later in the season. You know, they're ninth, eighth and ninth overall in DVOA on the full season metrics. But last few weeks, Vikings are 29th against the run. Chicago's 25th in per dropback EPA defense. 
Um, and neither team is getting pressure at this point, 29th and 26th, uh, respectively in pressure rate. So, um, like Mitch Trubisky plays well against bad defenses. This is like your lock of the week. He does it every, he's done it actually pretty much his whole career. Um, it's just that he just didn't play bad defenses enough to look good, um, you know, throughout his career. So I do think that he's fine here. Um, maybe, you know, Chicago radio will get excited about Mitch again, you know, after he turns in his third straight. Um, uh, above average performance. I'm not going to say he's going to play great. You know, he'll be above average, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Other, other than I like the over still, I don't know about like, it looks like it's climbed. It's going back down a little bit to like 46 and a half. Um, okay. So I don't know. I'm probably still in there, but I mean, a 24, 21 game is certainly in play. Uh, maybe bears over 22 points. I don't know. I, I think that's okay. And uh, also, I mean, David Montgomery is, you know, he's a beast. He's he is crushing it. Um, you see those Jets last week, man. I I nearly lost it. Like the, I was so excited because that was the longest run of David Montgomery's career, easily. We texted each other at the same time. It was like <laughs> the same reaction. No one caught him. He's actually yeah. going to score all by himself. Like, I kept waiting, and I'm like, he's going to do it. He's going <laughs> to actually do it. And I was like, no way. Like this has never happened. Because usually someone just comes out of nowhere, like, you know, and is running around and like yeah, hits him. tackle. Yeah, exactly. Someone's out running him. He, I don't know. Maybe he like, you know, shot up some steroids or something like midweek, but he is, he looks a little, he looks way better since he returned from his, what was it, concussion, I think? Was he had some concussion issues? Maybe yeah. he got the fence knocked back into him, you know, and now he's like, just got, got some more motors going. Cause I mean, he looks great. He has to play well. He's, maybe he's on the Will Fuller cocktail. <laughs> it's it's oh, working. Man. Yeah, uh, your point about Trubisky and bad defenses, I think there's something to it. I think throwing the ball repeatedly that Allen Robinson, I think, is uh, a recipe for success. We've seen oh, the last three starts since he came back, 13, 9, and 13 targets for Robinson. Absolutely great spot, again, against the secondary that we talked about how we've seen a little bit of a bump, at least in like some of the season-long, long-term metrics. Uh, with this Minnesota team, but it's again been a lot about who they've played more so than really any improvements. They are uh, going to be missing their best defensive player as well. Again, looks like Eric Kendricks, um, their linebacker there, didn't play last week, uh, hasn't practiced yet this week. Again, that, that matters. He's again a difference maker for sure. Opens up some stuff. I think maybe Nicole Komet, who continues to be ascending as well, 85% snaps last week, you know, cucked with the you know, touchdown for Jimmy Graham, but like Graham's definitely a part-time dude and, and Komet is ascending. Same thing with Irv Smith, who probably is going to have, you know, most of the work in the tight end position again. It looks like Kyle Rudolph's going to be out. So, you know, young tight ends could go off here this week. Love Robinson. And you can always sell me on the, you know, Jefferson and and uh, Thielen stuff. The problem is last week, and it's been a couple weeks, like early in the season, Minnesota was very, very thin from a target tree standpoint. Like it was just maybe a little bit of tight end, but it was mostly Jefferson and Thielen. But like, I think last week, 11 guys caught a ball. Um, that's a little bit frustrating, maybe kind of tempers expectations as far as like ceiling for, for Thielen and Jefferson, but like Jefferson ate last time against the bears in the dome where they're not going to be looking at any pressure. Cousins going to have a clean pocket. Like I think there's some upside and maybe some yardage stuff with Jefferson too. Yeah, for sure. No, I like I like that. I also like the the Komet one, like you mentioned. I mean, seven targets each of the past two weeks. Like that's yeah. awesome. So, I mean, I was looking. I looked at that Komet prop over two and a half receptions last week, and I couldn't pull the trigger. I just couldn't do it. I was like, you know what? One week, like of targets, 
I can't, and like increased snaps, I couldn't do it. But now it's just been like literally the last four weeks, he's seen 70%, 79%, and then uh, 78%, and then 85% of the snaps. So like he's just seeing more and more work. Uh, it seems like they're trying to get, you know, their young player involved that they actually drafted, and he looks pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be definitely buying. Hopefully we can catch like a three or a two and a half prop. I have a feeling it might be a little higher, but we'll see. I, mean, I think it might still still get two and a half because they might be slow to adjust on that. So, okay. Two and a half would be nice. Yeah, for sure. Be interested in that for sure. All right, next we have Tampa Bay on the road against the Falcons. Tampa Bay all the way up to six points here uh, in Atlanta. 49 and a half is the total. Um, Week 15, and this is the first time these two divisional foes have met, which is strange. They play again in week 17. Um, I got in on the Bucs and the look-aheads at two and a half. Oh, my God. um, Yeah, I mean – Two and a half was just, it seemed dumb because I thought it would get to, you know, three and a half or four, but six is ridiculous. I think six is probably even a little too high. It could be a mess, you know, it could be a little bit of a a middle opportunity here. I don't know that I love Atlanta here, especially if Julio is indeed out, but I feel pretty good about my two and a half. Um, What are your thoughts on this one? I mean, if you can get a seven or like a, you know, maybe a seven by up to seven and a half, like I feel like that's a really good middle opportunity. Yeah. Um, But I don't know, man. I mean, now I'm just jealous of your two and a half because at this point, you know, I can't, I can't look at anything else the same. Uh, no, but the, I think Gurley and Brian, you know, Gurley unders uh, could be interesting here. I mean, Tampa Bay is still playing style run D. Like um, I know that, you know, Dalvin Cook had plenty of success last week, but uh, it took him like 20, over 20 carries to get to hundred yards. Um, and that's kind of just like the Vikings, um, you know, that's their MO. So really it is not Atlanta's. Uh, so I, I do think that they could be completely shut out pretty much. Um, but really looking at the Falcons here, like their best win all season is against the Raiders. Um, otherwise their only other wins are against the Broncos, Panthers, and like a fraudulent Vikings team. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I lean Tampa here, even on the road, probably. Um, and I, I know that uh, Atlanta randomly plays well and this Tampa team randomly plays poorly, but I do think that Tampa at under a touchdown is viable. Um, I mean, I'm not running to bet it. And I think that there are probably other better bets in this game, but in terms of a side, I would probably lean Tampa just because I, I still do think that they're good. They're just they just turn in these random performances. Like I don't understand it. It makes no sense. I agree. I mean, I think that a couple weeks ago, you know, there was talk of them about you know being you know, the NFC was kind of up for grabs. You know, the Saints hadn't really emerged yet. Lots of questions around the Packers, and you know, the Bucks were starting to look good. I obviously have a pretty solid roster, so there's just a lot of talk about them as being you know real legit Super Bowl contenders in the NFC. I just, I don't know. I'm kind of with you. I don't feel that that's necessarily the case. We just haven't seen Brady be good enough consistently. We really haven't seen the passing game in general be consistent. Like, I don't feel like they've they've really found any rhythm with their three stud receivers. And, um, you know, Antonio Brown might not be former Antonio Brown, but, like, he still has some of that. And... Uh, you know, Chris Godwin's really fallen off. It's just been kind of surprising. So it um, looks like Ronald Jones week did not go necessarily as planned, but the props hit. I had, uh, I think I got his rushing oh prop. I know, dude, it was, it was brutal. So Trust me. Close. No, that was so close. Was, I was, a late run. Yeah. I mean, well, they should have kneeled it. Like they, they, I think they should have, like it was cause they ran the ball and then it was the two minute warning or, or it was like, you know, a minute 55 left. They ran the ball and then just kneeled it to two times after that. So like they very well could have just kneeled it and decided not to, and he got like a seven yard run and hit the over. You love to see it. 
Yeah, absolutely love to see. Now he's out, broke a finger in the game, and then now is COVID or was not COVID list. So like, I don't know. Fournette was a surprising late scratch, non-injured, healthy scratch last week. So like, I don't know if we're going to see Fournette really emerge this week. They're talking like he's going to be the guy, but I mean they they used Lashawn McCoy a little bit last week. They used Keyshawn oh, yeah. Vaughn a little bit last week. So the Lenny stuff scares me here. I will probably go back to the well on the Calvin Ridley stuff. Like he came through big for us last week. And then we got in on those props. He got rolled up on, on one of those final drives, but like a boss stayed in the game and took us to the promised land with the over. I think he's been limited in practice this week, but I think they're probably just being cautious because he didn't, you know, get dinged up a little bit. So uh, Julio apparently week to week, according to Raheem Morris. So that sounds like he is, is not going to be, Good to go. I need Atlanta to lose out to cash my under team total uh, on the Falcons. So they got uh, they got Bucks here. I don't know who they play next week, but uh, Bucks two out of the next three. And uh, I need a little. I need another loss there in the do, middle. Do they really have to lose out? What was, what was the the total? Seven the and a half. Seven. I, I thought. Don't they only have like four wins? How how many wins is Atlanta? Have? Oh no! You know, I'm, mixing, I'm mixing my teams up. I need I need the Raiders to lose out. That's right. Okay. I no, was about to say. Falcons win cash. I was about to say. I was like, I have a Falcons thing, and I felt pretty good about it. But maybe I'm like looking at this wrong. <laughs> no, Falcons are going to need the Raiders to lose tonight. So I need the Raiders to lose out. I need them to lose out. So, yeah, oh, okay. Listen to my shitty uh, black. scared team. me, man. Holy shit. <laughs> that money's spent already. Yeah. I was about to say, man. I just bought a fucking ring. Like, you know, like this, this shit's <laughs> like the Falcons are, you know, buying me, buying me engagement rings. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. All right, next we have Houston on the road against the Colts. Uh, Indy, seven and a half point favorites now, total of 50 and a half. This is another one with early line action for me. I got in on Indy at minus six. Um, I thought it would get to seven. Now through the seven, I think, is a little rich, though it's kind of hard to, to back the Texans right now. This is a rematch, though, from just two weeks ago where a late fumbled snap sealed it for the Colts. You know, I think Indy was at the 10, about to score. And um, kind of fumbled that one away. So injuries, though, continue to pile up from the Texans. We saw last week Deshaun cannot do it all by himself. That Jordan Aikens sunball was very, very tilting in hindsight, uh, especially if you had over tickets like Connor and I did. Uh, if you hadn't seen it, like he was in the end zone wide open, like literally no one around him for like 20 yards and just took one off the shoulder. You had no idea where the ball was. It looked like, you know, a, a two-year-old trying to catch the ball for the first time. Like he just clearly yeah. didn't see it. And uh, yeah, we lost our over bet that we felt very, very confident in there. That one sucked about 65% of the bets uh, and money coming in on the Colts here. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I know people overconfidently say I could do that, but I could do that. Like, I could have caught that. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm excited. You know, Jonathan Taylor is finally breaking out. Uh, I think that it could be Jonathan Taylor week again. Uh, great match against Houston. Um, we, we see them continuously just get like burned. Like they just like don't want to play run defense. Like they're just not, they're not interested. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it could be Jonathan Taylor week again. I hope we get another low prop in like the fifties. We were on it last week. We talked about it in the episode and I, I made it a full position, but I doubt it. I mean, it's probably gonna be like 60 something, maybe, maybe almost 70. Um, so I don't know. Also with, with T.Y. Hilton, I mean, are you like, are you all on the T.Y. Hilton season? Like, is he back or especially like the Houston, the Indy versus, you know, or T.Y. Hilton versus Houston narrative. I don't really know about that. I mean, where, where are you at with that? So my, fi- my favorite thing about it is that 
um, every time that happens, <laughs> someone, I don't know if it's the same person or if it's you know, multiple creative people, go onto the Wikipedia page and change the Texans owner as T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's just very, very oh, creative and awesome. very uh, Wikipedia at its best. But, uh, I mean, yeah, a team, player versus team stats over the course of like, you know, eight seasons are ridiculously noisy. So if you look at the the graph, I looked at it. I went on to, um, I think it was mm-hmm. StatMuse. You can pull up, you know, do one of those queries and it pulls up lots of great information. Um, I think I did like, you know, T.Y. Hilton game logs versus Texans, including DraftKings points. And he's like, there's, I want to say it's like maybe 15 or 16 games. I think he's gone over 18, like 11 of them. And then like three or four of them are over like 35. Like he is crushed, crushed. Um, so there's something to be said there. Uh, but again, it's kind of like, is that the T.Y. Hilton versus Houston narrative? Is that T.Y. Hilton in a dome narrative? Um, I mean, Houston's defense it? has been like bad, like pretty much all the time though, right? Yeah, they really haven't had any great defenses. I mean, um, you know, Bradley Roby's out. Justin Reed is out now for the year too. He injured his hand last week in the Bears game. So like their secondary is really, really, really beat up. So um, sounds like a nice Michael Pittman spot in DFS. But uh, <laughs> again, everyone's going to be on TY because he owns, yeah. you know, he's been hot and he owns the Texans. But, uh, you know, TY yeah. stuff, like I, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to be on it because I feel like it's going to, we'll see where it's priced. But like, do I buy mm-hmm. into the long-term thing? Like kind of not to your point. Like the Texans defense is through that range has never been good at any point. But uh, you can get me on Jonathan Taylor stuff again. I think we're seeing that. We're seeing a little less Jordan Wilkins. Naheem Hines still very much involved, but I think it is is definitely Taylor's spots. One of those things we see this often with late in the season. We saw it with Miles Sanders a little bit last year where you get that rookie running back that kind of finds his legs a little bit. He's fresh. He is the better back. And, uh, yeah, I think he has definitely emerged. What they're really doing is shorting his uh, receiving yards prop. Like I think it was 12 and a half last week again. And like I think he just continues to get like mid high twenties to thirties every week. So if we're looking at like a fifteen or something like that again, I think that that's definitely actionable pretty quick. Yeah, it's, I mean, we, we talked about this. It's just like it's because you play with Philip Rivers. Like if you're on the field and you're running any kind of pass routes, like he just like dumps it off because he gets yep. nervous and just like you know dumps it. Like there's that's just how he is. Like we've seen in his entire career. So if you're playing snaps like on any passing downs, like you're going to see targets. So yep. yeah, that's a that's a good call. Uh, sneaky one here. I'm going to see about uh, uh, Kiki Cutie um, receptions. Um, again, this okay. is, uh, you know, that zone with Indy. Um, I think that that fits better for QT than I think even for Brandon Cooks, who will probably be back this week. Uh, limited in practice on Thursday, but I think he's probably back. Um, I think just kind of the way they use him and with everyone else being limited, um, I think, you know, he can find a lot of short little dump offs. Duke Johnson looks like he might not be playing, so that only helps with some of those shorter passes. Um, so yeah, I think you can probably get a pretty short line on QD and you know in, in the prop market. So not yeah, a guy I mean, with a ceiling DFS, but yeah, in props. He only had three receptions last week, so I'm betting we see like a three and a half or something like that. Um, I take so, that for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a good good call because I mean he played the same amount of snaps the last two weeks, and like you said against zone, it, it definitely makes more sense. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Where did I see it? It might have been Silva's piece. Um, He's he's had a lot of success. Um, again, I, I don't want to be – I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth. He's had a lot of success against the Colts, and there's not necessarily like a 
a team thing like we're talking about ty we're talking about like you know continuity around a defensive philosophy and how that kind of sets up for the routes that he runs that's i think less noisy than something like ty hilton so i think that that makes a lot of sense all right next we have uh seattle on the road heading east against washington six point favorites on the road here this is that's a, a lot of points 44 and a half is total um I, I don't know if this is because we don't know what's going on with the quarterback position for Washington. Uh, looks like Alex Smith is still up in the air. Uh, it's going to be Dwayne Haskins, who really tried to give that game away last week. He threw um, some god-awful like, pick inside their own 20 last week to try to give that game away to the Niners. Uh, just still looks like he is not ready or not the guy. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Alex Smith obviously doesn't have – the ceiling for the offensive weapons that we would want there, but uh, he's obviously a little bit more, uh, you know, I think ready to, to lead this team who is now really controlling their own destiny for the NFC East. They've kind of emerged here as uh, the lead dog here. Look ahead's had it at three. Um, Seattle, 90% of the money so far. Um, again, maybe it's the, the quarterback situation, but I don't know. This Seattle team has been giving out pressure all year, 31st and adjusted sack rate allowed. It's kind of been why Ross has struggled a little bit over the last month and month and a half or so. And we know Washington's strength is defensively, defensively in the front seven, uh, front four in particular, the fourth and adjusted sack rate on the season. So, yeah, six seems like a lot. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm mostly interested in like a team total under for Seattle. And I know we've been on the, the over a lot here, but like 25 points seems like a lot against the Washington team. Like you said, great matchup for them defensively. And they're, I mean, they're fourth in EPA against the pass, third against the run over the past five weeks. So, like, you know, they've been playing legit good ball on, on defensively. Uh, and that's how they've been, like, winning games. So, I guess I don't it's know. a team, too, right? I mean, like, I, I feel like it is, is a bit of a trap here. So, like, six points is a lot. I mean, maybe it gets up to seven. At that point, it would be a play for me. Like, at seven, it would be a play on Washington. Maybe even under 25 and a half or 26, if you can get that for uh, Seattle, anyways. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really have too many leads on this game just in general. I, I don't really think it makes too much of a difference between Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins. My only thing would be that, you know, Haskins, I'm sure turns the ball over way, way more, or at least is more susceptible to that than Smith. Cause I don't really think Smith is very good either, but at least doesn't, doesn't turn the ball over. And that's obviously like a very, very important part of winning games. So, yeah, um, maybe, maybe even lean under in the, the entire game. Like, I don't really think that they're either team is gonna be able to put up many points, even though the Seattle defense isn't very good. You can sell me on a game under for sure. I mean, I don't love them. Uh, I, I, have you, I, I don't even think I've bet a single game under. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's like just uh, the fishiest thing ever. But this season, I just like, I bet way more props. I don't think I bet a single game under. I have. I forget, but I know that I have a couple times. And it's just not an enjoyable process. Um, it's just not no. fun. I think there's another one on the card that we haven't got to yet that I think is worthwhile to talk about. But uh, yeah, CLC has been a little bit better. They're not good. Um, you know, 13th in EPA over the last six weeks. Um, 12th against the pass, 16th against the run. Been decent. You know, Jets helped that last week quite a bit. But, um, yeah, uh, you could sell me on that. Again, 44 being a key number, you know, this being at 44 and a half, you're in, in the right spot to lean under for sure if that's uh, that's your position. All right, next has uh, New England on the road against Miami. Uh, Miami down to one-point favorite here at home. 41 and a half is the total. Uh, we have multiple – Belichick narratives at play here. We have another Belichick against the rookie QB. Uh, and we also have Belichick against a former assistant. So I don't know if they cancel each other out or <laughs> if maybe the 
transitive property of each narrative is a multiplier onto itself. I'm not sure <laughs> if that means the Pats would be favored by a touchdown. I don't know. We're going to find out soon, though. Um, third straight road game for New England, which I think is the impact's lessened a little bit here because the Pats stayed on the road. Both of them were in LA. They stayed on the road for that. So, you know, it's not like they had that extra travel. And now we also have the extended rest where they had kind of the mini buy playing on Thursday against the Rams. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts here? Noonan, whatever you just said was like, you know, that, you know, the GIF with all the numbers going around my head, like that was me. You know, that yeah. was like, I don't know what kind of mental gymnastics that was, but that just like had my mind all sorts of fucked up. That's, so that's uh, how this brain works trying to handicap games. I don't know. You know, yeah. I like to give weight to some of those things. And I just don't know how to weight them. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. I think this, this one's tough because like, I mean, New England season is, you know, kind of in the gutter here. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that I'll, I'll probably be a cam truther just until I die here. Um, and I still don't think that, you know, the season was necessarily the best representation of him and there were, you know, some high points and definitely some low points. Um, but when, you know, when you get a Patriots team that their defense isn't playing well and you force them into negative game script with Jacoby Myers and Demir bird is his top two options. Like that's just good. Things aren't really going to happen if you don't have a, you know, MVP caliber season. And, you know, he definitely did not. So uh, you know, that's kind of been the story of New England's year. Um, on the other side of the ball, I, I'd probably take Miami in this game in general. I think, you know, at home at less than three, I think they're a better team. Um, I don't DeAndre Washington, maybe week round two is back in play. Um, also should be, you know, positive game script here. So I don't know. I think like, you know, he saw 13 of 17 carries with Laird getting the other four. Um, so maybe like a carries prop we got on that last week and that was good. It was like 12. Um I mean, if if all the other backs are out there, you know, like there's a few backs that they seem to value pretty highly. It's, uh, you know, Ahmed, um, Washington, uh, like Gaskin, uh, like all those guys that they they think are legitimate, like workhorse or backs and they'll use them as such. Uh, if they're all, you know, active, I think they'll probably like rotate them. So in which case I'd probably be just like off of it. Yeah, I think we get Matt Breida back. I think he is. Yeah, he so that, on, that yeah. could throw a wrench in things for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I think Ahmed is questionable he's dealing with a shoulder injury and then gaskin is still on COVID because i think he had COVID, so i think he's still out this week i've and lost least, track of the the running backs like those guys are all like one of them oh, yeah. is just injured or with COVID. like every week it seems like they're all the same size like you couldn't pick them out of a line with their helmets <laughs> off totally jags too like none yeah. of them are really all that good i mean they're they're fine you know like don't get sure. me wrong but yeah um lynn bowden jr props i mean we gotta see Maybe. what happens yeah right we have um Grant, Parker, and Gasecki all had limited practices today on Thursday. It seemed like they weren't going to play, especially like well, – it seemed like all of them weren't going to play. But, again, limited on Thursday is not necessarily actionable yet. Um, but, again, if it's just, you know, Lynn Bowden, we talked about the questions at running back. And then if it's just like Mac Hollins and some of the other dudes, like, um, yeah, I mean, Bowden was a college quarterback who ran – and now he's now he's like a basket. He's just one of those dudes, you know, kind of like a Antonio Gibson yeah. was like that. So uh, it could be uh, again, maybe more of an interesting DFS guy than a than a prop guy, depending on you know how we can what kind of things the books place out there you, for us. But do you think like Bowden, like you know, boned like a Raiders assistant or like wife or something like that? You know, or like why did he get like just like totally bounced after like you know preseason? <laughs> like he was like a mid mid round draft pick. He was a mid round draft pick, and nothing like he didn't even really get the chance to do and anything. They, they, what did what did they draft him like mid rounds and sold him for like three rounds after, uh, like like immediately? It's yeah. very 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 bizarre. Um, but yeah, I mean, he saw 
Um, like nine targets last week at 71% of the snaps, four targets the week prior, 44% of the snaps. But like you said, you know, if any one of those guys um, like sits or is limited on rep count, like I think that, you know, Bowden props could be a great way to attack this game. Yeah, maybe uh, too long of a look at Mike Mayock's wife or something like that. And then Seriously, that's what I'm saying. Like, what, what happened there? Like, it was just so random. It's like, clearly he's like somewhat talented. Um, yeah. I mean, they didn't think that they could – what did they think they were getting out of him? That's what I don't don't really understand. Maybe they just had bad expectations or something. Yeah, to your point, though, like, we didn't even have a rookie camp. We didn't have any – like, they didn't have anything to be able to even really gauge whether or not they whiffed on that or not. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, very limited practices. Like, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I do have done something, man. I don't know. Yeah. A good point. Someday we'll uh, be a we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Our next Jacksonville's on the road against Baltimore. Baltimore, 12 and a half point favorites at home. 47 and a half is the total. Uh, the let Mike Glennon Cook Brigade got a cold, tall glass of reality last week against the Titans. That uh, did not go so well. Um, no. Jacksonville's lost 12 straights. They are now handing the reins back to Gardner Minshew um, against the Ravens, who are coming off of a uh, wild win on Monday Night Football. Uh, the Ravens basically went from having a 56% chance to make the playoffs when Lamar went to take a dump to an 82% chance to make the playoffs after Hollywood's touchdown. So pretty, pretty, pretty important uh, play right there. Um, nearly, nearly two touchdowns here. It's, it's rich. But uh, again, Jacksonville, you know, they've been a little bit feisty. We've talked about they've covered in four of six. But really, when you've lost 12 straight, those are the mini wins that you look for. But uh, what do you think here on Jacksonville? I mean, I'm excited to see Gardner Minshew. He's like, you know, probably one of the shortest lived cult heroes like of all time, but he, he is pretty awesome. Uh, I don't know how awesome a football player he is. And against this Ravens defense, I'm not, you know, particularly sure they have much success. Um, but I do think the Ravens offense should have plenty of success against Jacksonville's, you know, 31st ranked defense in terms of DVOA. Um, did, it, did we get an update on Hollywood? Did he get COVID or is he just on the COVID list? I think he's just on the COVID list. So he was like a close contact guy who, if he keeps testing negative, could hypothetically play. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. Just in general, I don't have too much of a take on this game. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I know that some people want to back Jacksonville, but that kind of seems like almost betting the number um, rather than actually betting a team, which is like terrible defensively. And I mean, Gardner Minshew obviously has shown flashes of. Uh, keeping games close, but he's also shown, you know, terrible, terrible habits at some time. So, yeah, it's probably just a stay away from me. Yeah, I'm with you. I think we've seen that steam to 12 and a half to people taking that 13 and a half, which I I guess I yeah. guess. It's like betting on the Jets, man. Yeah, I, get, it's, I think that's a good point. It's just, it's uh, it's gross. I think we've seen, um, we've, we've talked about James Robinson a lot and gone after him a lot in the prop market. Um, I think we need to be careful, especially with, maybe thinking dump offs here and a negative game script. He has been dominating snaps all season, just 36% of third downs last week um, for Robinson. So he didn't have four catches, but again, he's just not on the field as much as he used to be. He really, he had no competition, literally playing like 95 to hundred percent of the snaps multiple weeks. But uh, yeah, if he's not on the field for third downs, I'm going to stay away from receptions or reception yardage props here. And um, yeah. probably just to stay away in general for this game. I mean, the Ravens also like murder the clock. You know, if they're up, like they just like literally run. They they don't pass the ball. I think even in the first half of last week's game, I was like, there was there was a stat. They're almost done with the first half. It was like Lamar had like four pass attempts, and I was like, yeah. how is it even possible? You know, like it's ugh, it's not good. Two rushing scores. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Uh, and it looks like they have 
kind of semi-retired Mark Ingram, which is interesting for, you know, maybe J.K. Dobbins. Though, again, you know, we saw more Gus Edwards than you'd want to see if you were holding Dobbins tickets here. So kind of a stay away overall. All right, next, your Jets that you just talked about uh, on the road. Not your Jets. It's not fair to say to you. <laughs> Definitely uh, not my Jets. Yeah. Uh, Jets and Rams in L.A. Uh, Rams 17.5 point favorites. This was 13.5. And the look-aheads uh, is a lot of line movement on a very big number. 43.5 is the total. I think the only smart thing the Jets have done all season is that they stayed west here to avoid the extra travel. Um, they got boat raced in Seattle. Uh went down south a little bit and have been hanging out in L.A. for the week. So um, otherwise it's been a unmitigated disaster. And, uh, yeah, we're looking for them. They're on the clock uh, for April's draft. So uh, Rams basically uh, mini buy, both with playing on Thursday against the Patriots but also not even really having to play uh, half that game because they just curbs on them in a massive way. So far Rams are the play. It's why we've seen all this movement here about uh, – 90% of the money here coming in LA. I'm sure there are some people out there that will take 17 and a hook and feel good about it. But uh, this is the under that I was talking about. Like 43 and a half is, you know, 41 and 44 are key numbers and totals. You look at historically the distribution of scores in the NFL. We don't talk about 41 very much anymore because totals are often much you know above that. We, you know, 43, 44 often is kind of the new threshold of the basement, but uh you know, 13 is the Jets team total. And this Rams defense, like they can come in and not really be sharp and I think limit the Jets scoring here. And the Rams are another team. They've been a little bit more pass heavy uh, in neutral game scripts over the last few weeks. And I think they'll probably have to be here because, you know, maybe the, you know, the Jets are decent against the run. It's really the only thing that they do well. But like, I still think you're going to see a ton of Cam Akers. And yeah, 43 is high. And 13 is high for the Jets. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that was my biggest place. Jets team total under 13. Like you said, I mean, Rams number two in overall defensive EPA, number three per drop back, number two against the run over the last five weeks. With Sam Donald starting this season, the Jets have scored less than 13 points in six of his nine starts. I don't even know how that's possible, but it is. And now they're playing against, you know, like an elite defense um, on the road. So, like, I mean, this is this is one of those things where, I mean, realistically, like, I would consider taking, like, under 10. Like, I don't even think that they score twice. Um, and so, yeah, 13 points. I like the under there. Um, I know – I think it's at, like, t- might be a 12-and-a-half now at DK. But still, I mean, at, at 13, I'm, I'm definitely still interested in the under. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I mean, Jets should have – or the Rams should have plenty of success against Jess Pasty, la- dead last and Pasty DVOA, 24th in pressure rate. So, I mean, may, maybe golf is a good game, you know, no pressure against bad pasty. I think that's somewhat interesting, but the game script is just really concerning. And like with these games, like, you know, I, it's, it is a back and forth argument of like, how are they going to get there? You know, they're going to throw to score probably and run to score, but there's a decent chance where the Rams, if they're having success, like just running play action, run play action, like, you know, they score, they score quickly and then just run the clock out and the Jets aren't able to do a damn thing. So. Yeah. And acres looks like legit. Guy, I mean, we've talked about a few of these guys. We talked about receivers again, rookies just kind of getting their sea legs under them, and teams smartly going to their best player at the position. Last couple of weeks, you've seen Henderson and Brown combined for 11 touches, Cam Akers 53 touches, uh, even used a little bit in the passing game last week against New England, which was nice to see. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm interested in the under, definitely in the team total 
uh, will probably be one of my write-ups here for the Jets. Um, I might do the game because again, I could see one of this. I could see a twenty-seven to six or something like that, or like mm-hmm. you can just see the Rams really doing whatever they want, still having a decent game, and, oh, yeah. and the Jets putting together two lucky field goal drives or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And the, their field goal kicker sucks. They although they got a new one this weekend. They, really, <laughs> they had a guy he was missing kicks all over the place last game. So yeah, we'll see. Kind of gross. All right, next Philly on the road in the desert against Arizona. Arizona six-point favorites here at home. 49 is the total. Uh, big win for the Left for Dead Eagles team last week. I mean, they did, in hindsight, uh, catch the Saints in a bad spot. They knew it was a bad spot. We talked about it, but I still thought that they would be able to at least get a win. Again, it was the third road game in a row for the Saints. Had a very obvious look-ahead spot with the Chiefs on deck. But um, there might be something to be said for the Eagles being a little bit rejuvenated. And you heard reports coming out of Philly that that was the case. You know, the team was practicing better. Like they were ready for a quarterback change as well. So it had been, I think, 55 games since the Saints had allowed a 100-yard rusher. And they allowed two in the same week with Miles Sanders at the big touchdown run. He topped 100 yards. And then Jalen Hurts as well. Um, We talked about Hurts' questions and struggles as a passer. I don't know that he did anything last week to alleviate those questions and concerns, but it was enough as a runner. And I think that they were smart. They kind of took the cam approach. Essentially, he had 18 carries, 14 of Hertz's carries that were on design runs. So 17 of 30 dropping back for 167 and a score. It was enough. And against a, a tough Saints D, uh, easier matchup this week, though. Um, Cardinals also a big win. Um, we saw a little bit more of the Kyler we've been looking for in the past. He was running a little bit more aggressive downfield, you know, definitely peppering D hop, which was nice. Um, public loving the Eagles here. They uh, 90% of the handle so far in Philly. So this is kind of holding at six. So what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, my initial thought was that, I mean, the Eagles are kind of live here against an Arizona team that, you know, we've seen struggle occasionally. And then, you know, with against Philly's pass rush, which should be able to get home. Um, but uh, I mean, their D de- their, their defense, like according to the metrics last five weeks has not been that good. You know, um, they're 23rd in run D, uh, and overall in the season, their pass is actually just 24th. So, I mean, that gives me a little bit of concern here, but, uh, I mean, Hertz and the offense looked, I mean, there was some kind of life there, you know, it seemed like with Wentz, it was just like drop back, you know, you'd miss a throw, you know, drop back receiver would, you know, miss a catch and then you'd get sacked. Like, it seemed like it was pretty much like that, or just some bad play to Miles Sanders. Now it seems like there's like just some life in the team. So I don't know. I, I think that I would be interested in that. Maybe maybe some Eagles team total over 21, uh, if that's available. Uh, I would be interested in that uh, potentially. But other than that, I don't know. I don't really have too many takes on this game just in general either, to be honest. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, the one thing that, to your point with the Hurt stuff, like they, I think the Eagles are 30 seconds in adjusted sack rate allowed. Like Wentz was getting sacked all the time. Hurts did not take a sack last week. Um, and it's not like Wentz is not mo- mobile. Um, again, part mm-hmm. of that's just his, his slapping the ball and standing in there too often. So Hurts, because he is a limited passer, is not looking to extend plays. Like he had a read, and if he didn't have it, he was willing to take off. So yeah, uh, could be something there. Um, I, I don't know. Darius Slay is a little overrated, but again, like he might be out um, concussion protocol. They lost two other starters last week due to injuries. Like this Eagles secondary – is the only yeah. thing that would have me concerned. Like they are super duper thin. And if Kyler is back to being Kyler, like he did look last week against the jets, uh, could be a tough spot against a, a pretty beat up Eagles secondary. So um, yeah, I mean, away from me now until uh, things start to emerge later in the week. 
Yeah, I would consider almost taking the over in this game just because, I mean, like like you said, you know, I think the Eagles defense is, is beatable. Um, and then, like, the Eagles offense just had like, they had a lot of success against a, a great New Orleans defense that has been largely been playing, like, really, really well. Um, and now, like, Arizona's defense, they've been pretty middle of the road in most metrics, like, throughout the year. Um, they, have, they have been a little bit susceptible to running plays, though. I mean, 23rd in explosive run rate, 22nd in rushing success rate allowed. Um, and... So yeah, I don't I don't really think that there's too much actionable about like their metrics, but still they're definitely not New Orleans who is like, you know, top five in almost everything. So No, you're totally right. So yeah, could be a could be an interesting spot. It's one of those things that was why well, it was tough last week. There was just so many you know variables and unknowns when you're making a quarterback change and all the things that go around with that. So um, you know, having a little bit of of uh data to to work off of here, I get why we can have a little bit more faith in the Eagles offense. So especially because they also gave Sanders his highest snap rate in like a couple months too, because it was trending the wrong way. The previous week he played 56% of the snaps and I think he played 82% of the snaps last week. So like put your best players on the fields and we know that there's always a bump with running backs with running quarterbacks. So um, that makes a lot of sense too. All right. This is the best game maybe of the year. Hopefully we'll see. I mean, Casey on the road against the saints uh, this is now KC at three fifty one and a half is the total. Um, again, I think it's kind of held where it is because there's obviously questions surrounding Drew Brees. Uh, is he going to be um, good to go? Obviously dealing with you know multiple rib injuries and all that's going on there. I think it's obviously a very different game with Taysom Hill at quarterback. But uh, you know we jumped in on the Chiefs pretty heavily at two and a half on Tuesday, which didn't make any sense for it to get to two and a half regardless of who was at quarterback. But uh, also, we have a, a Michael Thomas wrinkle here. He missed practice again on Thursday. I'm not sure if there's a true risk for him to miss the game. Could just be something that we need to monitor. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts here as this one started to evolve with maybe some more Breeze news? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think that, you know, the Chiefs is probably still the play even at three because it, it looks like Taysom Mills is going to play and be the starter. Um, and so, and, and if that's the case, like we saw him last week against the Eagles, like he is not really built to play from behind. And that's kind of what it seems like, you know, some running quarterbacks, like we, you know, we see Lamar have the same issue pretty much is that they're not at their most effective when he's kind of thrown into like skewing pass heavy. Um, and so like, and we've also seen on the other side with the chiefs, like everything has to go right, uh, you know, to beat the chiefs and to stop their offense. So like even against Miami, they played so well against the Chiefs for like a quarter and a half. Like I think there was, you know, they had multiple turnovers. There, but you know, their offense wasn't capitalizing. Their defense was playing really, really well against this Chiefs. Chiefs offense was getting even like lucky kind of tipped picks, things like that. And then you know, even then the second half, they're losing by you know double digits most of the second half until like a last second cover. But still, like it was, I mean, they were they were pretty much down and out for most of the game in the second half. So. Really, everything has to go right for the Saints defense. And with Taysom Hill in, like if they fall behind, I mean, I have no faith in them catching up. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I lean Kansas City here pretty heavily. 17 nothing last week in that Philly game. And you felt – I mean, I needed the Chief, I needed the Saints to win in a parlay, and I felt dead. I knew I was dead right away. <laughs> like 17 points. Like he, they just – we haven't seen them do that. Um, he did make a couple aggressive down-the-field throws, but you're right, like – they stumbled, and even though maybe the picks weren't like clean picks that were indicative of Mahomes, there was some luck there. But like when you turn it over, you lose the possession. But like they still had all those difficulties, and they still got to thirty-three against a, a really strong Miami defense. Like 
it is just really hard to keep them under 30 when they seem to want to get there. And these are the types of games where um, this is not like a Denver game where they're going to maybe be on cruise control. We saw this in that, um, that Ravens game early this season. Like this is one of those teams that is kind of like the, the old Kobe Shaq Lakers and the golden State teams of a few years ago where like, they can turn the switch on. And when they do look out and you better be on your best to be able to even hang with them. So um, yeah, I mean, I think the three is still the side on KC, even though I think that the Saints defense is terrific, but I think that there are some stuff in there that makes me think that they're not quite so good. Like, I don't feel like they have, I don't feel like Lattimore is a shutdown corner per se. I think they scheme some things well. Um, they don't have anything that can hang with Mahomes. And we just don't see, I forget what the stats are. We don't have many Mahomes dome games in his career. Um, and I think the ones that we have have been pretty electric. So uh, I, I feel like KC is the side. KC points makes a lot of sense. You know, team total, you can get probably the 27 and a half right now. Uh, pretty mm-hmm. interesting in the, in the 28. Cause I feel like, I feel like they get to 30. So oh, yeah, uh, I just, I hope it's a good one still. Um, but if not, then I just hope the Chiefs just absolutely just barnstorm them and, and put up a crooked number and we all eat uh, steak yeah. and drink Bordeaux. <laughs> uh, I mean, also Michael Thomas props. I mean, he's just seeing like crazy amounts of target share from uh, Taysom Hill and maybe um, like Kamara receptions to get it in a, in a good spot. He saw hit seven catches last week after being like barely used. So um, I think that both of those are actually in play as I expect, you know, the Saints to be playing from behind. Um, obviously this gets kind of flipped on its head if you know the Saints are ahead, but still like Michael Thomas is seeing so many targets from Taysom Hill that I don't think it really matters too much there. Kamara stuff was a good call. Yeah, because it was we finally saw, I think what, 10 targets and seven balls. So oh, yeah. the negative game script. And you know, I think we kind of have to stay in line with what we think is going to happen here. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, good one on there. All right, next we have the uh flexed Sunday night game. We have uh the Browns on the road against the Giants. Cleveland now six-point favorites. 44.5 is the total. Uh, I jumped in on the Browns at 3.5 in the look-aheads. This is when we thought that uh, Daniel Jones was going to be the starter, but maybe an upgrade. They're going to move uh, noted winner Colt McCoy back, I think, into the starting lineup here. Um, they have not made that announcement, but Daniel Jones did not look good last week. He just... No mobility. Uh, it was kind of gross. They got really dominated. I think sacked eight times by Arizona. Um, yeah, really tough loss for Cleveland on Monday nights. Uh, looked to bounce back here in a big way. Apparently, Jones also tweaked his ankle. So he's still dealing with the injury from the previous week with a hammy and then hurt his ankle and they left him in there. Public all over Cleveland, which is kind of why it's moved from three and a half to six. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this one was a kind of a pretty simple handicap for me. We know that Cleveland's going to want to run the ball. They're good at running the ball, and now they're matching against a Giants team that actually over the past five weeks is only 28th in EPA against the run. Um, and largely, I mean, this Giants defense has been good, but with this, like, I, I think this is a chance to maybe take some Baker unders that we see this Cleveland team just like steamroll the Giants. So I like the Giants at anything under a touchdown, or the, the the Browns, sorry, at anything under a touchdown. I definitely do not like the Giants here. <laughs> um, and I mean, like you said, Daniel Jones looked terrible. Uh, we don't think he plays. Like, Cole McCoy is. Uh, you know, maybe a proven winner, but a very bad football player. Um, and True. so, Check yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, even though Cleveland's defense isn't good either, uh, I mean, I think that 
Cleveland is very easily able to cover a touchdown in this spot. Um, and um, I, I just don't think Baker is forced to pass much too. After how much passing success he's had, like I think this could be a good spot to go back and take some unders uh, because it's pretty much only whenever he's forced to throw or in some negative game script that um, he's had any kind of success passing the ball or passing volume. But when he's there ahead, like, you know, he's thrown the ball like 25 times. So, uh, James Bradbury uh, out, I think. Yep. Um, I'm not sure if it is COVID contact or, but I think he's going to be out, they said, for the game. So um, that obviously uh, is a, uh, he's a difference maker for the Giants for sure. And again, maybe it wasn't going to be needed as much with uh, probably a pretty run heavy game from the Browns, like you said, but it definitely hurts the case. So I'm with you. Still under, you know, getting an under seven, I think I'm interested in in the Browns here. Um, I think even their team total could be worth a look. All right. The Monday night game, not going to be very exciting. Uh, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, 12 and a half point favorites with a 40 and a half total Uh, Steelers lost two straight. Feels like they get right here. Um, Yeah. Bengals are just very sad, depressing team right now. Uh, Brandon Allen dealing with a knee issue. We don't know if it's going to be him or Ryan Finley, a quarterback. Um, They're really only, Really good, consistent defensive player, Geno Atkins, done for the year, making a pretty bad defensive unit only worse. So you can sell me on a Bengals under on the team total as well, under 14 and 14 and a half or so. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I, I took it. Um, I took the under. I don't even know. I think it was a 13 and a half. Uh, I tweeted this out earlier in the week. Uh, in three games with Brandon Allen under center, the Bengals have scored 10, 7, and 7 offensive points. Um, they are really, really bad. They've also ran – um, only this, so they ran 64 plays against a terrible Dallas defense. But other than that, they were run, they ran less than 50 in the two prior games. Now they're playing against the Pittsburgh defense that is like, you know, top of the line, um, you know, pretty much a lead in almost all categories. So, I mean, I just don't see this being close. Uh, I know the Pittsburgh like offense sometimes has some stumbles and some issues, but really like even in this spot, I would consider, uh, taking the points for Pittsburgh, taking the under for Cincy and then also, uh, Boyd unders again, AJ green unders potentially after a big week. Um, like, you know, the play volume is not going to be there. Brandon Allen's bad. Like green had zero catches the previous two weeks and then just got like some volume based stats, um, against like a, a really bad Dallas defense. So, um, and then also Boyd's like a dot is just not high enough to get like his props can be like 50 something yards. Take the under there. Like his a dot is just not, not high enough. He needs like 15 targets to get there. Yeah. Great call. I mean, if this was one of those times where the Steelers had one, two in a row, or maybe they're like undefeated. This would be one of those spots where they, could you know surprise you and lay an egg but like they've lost two straights they got to get on you know the right side here i think they come in you know a little extra motivation again narrative driven i will admit but again they've lost two in a row and ruined their undefeated season they have had some defensive losses injury wise which i think are impactful but um i don't know that the <laughs> brendan allen and ryan finley and the guys to take advantage of that so steelers in a big way and um yeah you just don't see 12 point favorites and a 40 point total very often. So even with that, I think that that's still probably too high on the uh, Bengal side. So, all right, that does it. I don't have any, uh, ramble on about how terrible Verizon's customer service is, but they stole six hours of my life this week. Um, I'm behind research. I don't have, uh, I don't have a teaser for us, but there are some ones out here this week for sure. Oh yeah. We'll probably put that in for our subs or loyal subscribers over at 444. We'll hang some of that stuff maybe in our Discord instead of giving it out to you freeloaders. Um, even though we appreciate <laughs> you hanging around for an hour and a half with us, I'm just messing with you. Uh, 
But yeah, that uh, should wrap it up for Connor and I. We'll be back next week for week 16. So for Connor and Ryan, uh, Connor and me, I'm Ryan. Uh, We'll see you next week.